Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Neil McGeever. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Oh, praise Jesus. We're having church this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Well, it's always a fun thing when uh, the worship team sings your sermon and <laughs> the uh, teacher teaches your sermon and and it's just an awesome thing. And it, it well, exactly, line upon line, precept upon precept, God speaks. The Holy Spirit is not a divided Holy Spirit. He is a singular Holy Spirit, and he speaks to his people. And he speaks to his people in unison. And he speaks to his people one thing that he's wanting, wanting to get across. And he started with Pastor Gwen this morning and moved to the worship team and moved to past, Pastor Jason, and now he's moving on to me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Amen. We serve an awesome God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lots of things coming up. <laughs> Messages coming up. Let's turn to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are of one spirit and you speak to all of us. Lord, that what you want to be put across to your people today, to your congregation, to those who are seeking you, Lord, that you would speak through me, that I would be your microphone this morning, that it would not be my words, but it would be your words speaking this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. Matthew 7, and we're going to start in verse 7. Hallelujah. I'm just kind of going to dive right in here. Matthew 7. Oh, let me tell you what I'm going to be talking about this morning. I forgot about that part. <laughs> the title of my sermon this morning is Healing. It's simple. Healing. It's simple. Amen. Verse 7 of Matthew 7 starts with, Ask, and it shall be given. Ask, and it shall be given. That's the very first commandment here in this passage. Ask, and it shall be given. I've mentioned many times about when, when I, um, multiple sclerosis tried to come on me. And last time I talked about it, actually on pastor's table when I talked about it, you'll hear this, I said that it was about six years ago. It was about six years ago that I was healed of it. And it was, it was uh, um, what, about 16 years ago or so that, that it was in 2006. So 14, 15 years ago that it, that it, um, it tried to attack my body. And so six years ago, when the Lord started dealing with me, I, it just came up in me that I didn't want to take those shots that I was having to take every other day again. And, and that really falls under this. And it says, ask, and it shall be given you. I wasn't like, I didn't even really know healing scriptures at that point really very well as, as like I do today. But it was just in my heart to ask that I would wouldn't have to take those shots anymore. I just, just kind of came up in my spirit. I wanted to ask, and you know what the Lord said? He says right here, ask and it shall be given to you. I asked and it was given to me. About the next time I went and saw my, my, the MS doctor, 
she said, you don't have to take those shots anymore. I asked, and it was given to me. Are you getting this? I asked, and it was given to me. Now, just recently, even something that seems minor, um, I used to be able to do push-ups. A number of years ago, I'd I'd gotten up to about being able to do 22 push-ups at a time. Amen. And something went crazy with my shoulders, and I just it, I got excruciating pain in my shoulders when one day when I started to do it, and I haven't been able to do that. So that was back in like 2013, 2014, somewhere's in there, and I haven't been able to do push-ups, and it's been on my heart to do start doing push-ups again. I want to be able to do push-ups again because I know it's good for me, and actually I kind of enjoy doing them. <laughs> Pastor Gwen said, well, praise God. <laughs> so I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I just I need to be going to a physiotherapist uh, to, um, to maybe get work out some kinks in my shoulders and figure out what's going on with them so that I can start doing them. And so I'd been kind of mulling over that, and I just wasn't really settled, and this started happening a, a couple of months ago. But it was just, it was still on my heart to be able to do these push-ups. And so about, well, so I guess it's been two weeks ago, I finished my squats in the morning, the, my day for my squats that I was doing in the morning. And it just kind of came on me like, you should try some push-ups. You should try some push-ups. I'm like, okay. So I got down on the floor and I go to do push-ups and I was able to do 10 push-ups. Hallelujah. No pain. No pain. I, I, I asked, and it shall be given, to, and it was given to me. I asked, and it was given to me. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. I asked, and it was given to me. Then the next phrase here says, seek, and ye shall find. Seek, and ye shall find. If you're believing for healing in your body, seek. Seek the scriptures. Seek what, the, what God says in his word about healing, and you will find it. Seek what he says. We're going to get, later on in, in the sermon, we're going to go over some of the scriptures, some of my favorite scriptures about healing in, in the Bible. And, but if you seek, you will find it. If you seek you will find it. You will find those scriptures and they will enlighten you just like I did. When, at first, when I was first thinking and believing that I wouldn't have to take the shots and then I started learning about these scriptures, I started seeking, you know, I didn't want to have, the, I didn't want to have this MS on my body anymore. And so I started seeking and I started finding the scriptures that talked about healing, that encouraged me, that strengthened me, that showed me God's heart for me. I, I sought those scriptures, and I found God's heart for me. It's simple. God's heart for me is to be healed. God's heart for you is to be healed. I sought those scriptures, and I got to understand God's heart for me. You can get to understand God's heart for you. You search out the, you know that we even have, um, although the book table isn't technically open right now, you can buy packs of all of the healing scriptures in the Bible. There's a, I think it's, well, there's only 10 of them. There's only 10 of them. The 10 most important, well, for, and they're laminated and everything. And like $5, you can, um, just to pay for the lamination and, and then that kind of stuff, you can get all of the 10 of the scriptures in the Bible that talk about healing. If you're believing for healing, you can seek and you will find it. You can seek it, and you can learn God's will for you. Oh, here comes Bethany. To We have a display. See? Simple set of them right here. Amen? Healing scriptures right here. You can take them with you. You can put them in your man bag. You can put them in your purse. <laughs> you can buy them on the way out. I don't know how many sets we have. Probably just this one at this point. So first come, first serve. You can order them. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> Eslin would like them. They're yours. Coming, you see? He sought, he asked, and now he's finding. Amen? Ready? Oh, almost. Praise God. Seek and you shall find. Is your heart in an attitude of learning? To learn? To grow? It's a good question to ask yourself. I ask myself that question all the time. Is my heart in an attitude to learn and to grow? Is it humbled and am I trusting God that he's going to teach me? So when I go to seek, I will find what he wants to show me, not what I want to justify what I'm believing for. <laughs> oh, praise Jesus. Here we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to come with an attitude of learning. To be a, have a teach, another way you can say that is to have a teachable heart. I've heard it said sometime or by someone that, okay, let's think of all of the knowledge and all of the things that we could learn about in the entire world. Think about neuroscience and, and astrophysics and and rocket scientists and biologists and accounting and um, operations management and teaching and business and to just think of and all of the the knowledge that is there to learn in this world think about how much you possibly know a percentage that you know of all of that knowledge <laughs> not much pastor randa said and that is you don't know much of that knowledge, but God wants us to show, wants, sorry, he wants to show us all of his knowledge. He wants to show us all of his wisdom. So if we come to him with a teachable heart, it makes healing simple. Amen? Because he, he wants to teach us, but if we come with an agenda when we come to seek and find, if we come to agenda to justify what we're trying to do, as opposed to come with, I have this problem, Lord, teach me in it. When we come with that, teach me, Lord. Oh, he is ready, willing, and able to teach you. He was ready, willing, and able to teach me about healing so that I didn't have to walk with MS for the rest of my life. And I can walk to freedom. Amen? There's a reason that I get that I come and I help with all the tents in the morning and stuff like that. And there's a reason that I take stairs when I can take stairs. Because every time when when I was first being when they're first diagnosing me with MS, they were talking about, oh, you're not going to be able to use your legs, you're not going to be able to use your arms, you're probably going to be in a walker or having to use canes and have to have special keyboards and mouses and you may not ever be able to use a computer after a while and stuff like that because it's going to affect your hands and your legs and stuff like that. Well, I got healed of that. I get to use my legs and my hands. And every time I, I hoof a tent out here by myself or I go and help out or I go and take a bunch of stairs, and it's smacking the devil in the face. It's smacking the devil in the face and reminding him that my God heals, that I sought and I found healing in the word. I found his word and it came into my heart and it did a work in my heart and it can do a work in your heart. Oh, hallelujah. Then you get to stand up and smack him in the face every time you get to use something in your body or in your mind that the devil was trying to torment. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm only halfway through my first scripture. Praise Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Glory be to God. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I've got bugs climbing over me. Cool. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. 
in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, this is talking about us knocking. So make sure that he's not knocking on one side of the door and you're knocking on the other side of the door and nobody's opening the door. <laughs> if you hear him knocking, when you have a teachable heart and you hear him knocking on the door to teach you, open the door. If you're wanting to learn about something, come and knock on his door because he wants to teach you. He wants to open that up to you. He wants to open the scriptures up to you. Oh, it's a bit topsy-turvy today. He wants to open this up to you. When you knock, it says, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Come to him. Lord, I'm knocking right now. I need to learn about your healing so I can walk in your wholeness in my life and your promises. With the Bible says that we walk in a better covenant with better promises. One of those better promises, there's still a bug on me somewhere. There we go. Praise Jesus. One of those promises is that we don't have to deal with lack in our lives. We don't have to deal with hurt or pain or um, depression, anxiety, any of those things in our lives. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The Bible will be opened unto you. His word will be opened unto you. His healing scriptures will be opened unto you. So you can understand and you can stand in that better promise and walk in wholeness and healing. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. <coughs> Where did I put my water? There we go. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Verse 8. For everyone that asketh receiveth. Are you everyone? If you're everyone, honk your horn. Yeah. Hallelujah. You got it. You are everyone. If everyone, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone that asks will receive. If you're asking with a teachable heart, you will receive. And if you're not sure if you have a teachable heart, ask him. <laughs> He'll show you. <laughs> it's, remember, healing, it's simple. Talking to God, it's simple. It's a conversation like you have every day. Jesus, am I having a hard time listening and learning from you? I know you can show me. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Amen. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. Just what I've been saying. If you're going to seek, you're going to find. You're going to find your answer in his word. You're going to find your answer that you need in his word. It promises right here, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. When you knock on the door of your Bible, Lord, I need to understand this. I'm, I've been listening to a series on love by Kenneth Copeland, and he was talking about um, this guy that came up to him and, and was kind of, you know, well, what happened to this? He described a situation that this lady was in. Who was this lady was very powerful and pre and praying down um, revival in her town, and it was evidence there. The fruit of it was there, but she was living in poverty and she was living in sickness and stuff like that. And the guy came up to to Kenneth Copeland and was questioning him on this and asking him, "Well, why why is this happening? I don't understand." And at the point, Kenneth, Kenneth's like, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And you know what? You're, you're right. It's, it, it's not, it, this is happening in your life. But he didn't understand. You know what he did? 
he went home and he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, I know that what that guy was saying was right, but I know it isn't right that she doesn't need to be living like that. Why isn't it right? Show me. He was knocking and the Lord showed him. The Lord opened the word of God to him so that he could help that man and possibly help that woman if he ever saw her. He opened it. He, Kenneth Copeland knocked and it was, it was opened unto him. The word of God was opened unto him how he needed to hear it. It was simple. It was simple. Amen? Verse 9. Oh, what person, it says here, man, is there of you, whom if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? That seems a bit odd, doesn't it? You think about you have children or you have a family or you have friends and they ask you for something, they ask you for some help and you give them a stone. They ask you for some food and you give them a cup of dirt. That seems kind of funny, doesn't it? Why, why would you do something like that? <laughs> Verse 10, or if he asks for a fish, Will you give him a serpent? If he asks for a fish, the, the son's wanting food here. He's needing nourishment. But the father is going to give him a serpent, like a scorpion or something that might sting him and infect him or something like that. Turn. I want you to keep your place here in Matthew 7 because we're going to be coming back to this. And I want to go to James 2. So let's move over to James 2. James is right before all the epistles of Peter at the end of the book. James 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 and 16. I think this shows it a bit more plainly what God's getting at. James chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. It says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. So if a brother or sister, that includes anybody in your life, friends, family, children, parents, siblings, cousins, aunts, work co-workers, anybody that you can think of that you interact with, your dentist, your doctor, your chiropractor, whatever. If any of them are naked and destitute of daily food, and this is talking about physical things in our lives. So if they're having problems with clothing or they don't have enough food in their life. Think about this spiritually. If they don't have enough word in their life, if they aren't clothed in the word of God in their life, if they're not fully walking with the Lord and they're lacking in their life, they're dealing with health issues in their life, they're dealing with mental issues in their life, they're dealing with anxiety in their life, they're dealing with frustration in their life, they are destitute of food, spiritual food. They're destitute of spiritual clothing, like the armor of God. Mm. They're destitute of that. That's what this is talking about here. And one of you say unto him, this is verse 16, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doeth it profit? So basically this is saying, you see that that person is having a problem in their life. God is showing you that person is having an issue in their life. They need healing. They need to learn about God's word, about healing. Even more simply, they need to learn about God. And you say to them, when God's put something on the inside of you, God said, and 
God's like, you know, I want, want you to talk to them, but instead you go to them, well, you know, have a great day. Be warm, be peace. I pray that you get everything that you need. When what they need is inside of you right then and there. A bit sobering, isn't it? This is a Selah moment. Pause and think about that. When God is put in you, and you've decided, oh, have a good day, hope everything goes well, when you have a word that could encourage them, that's what this is talking about here. Okay? Everybody got that? Yes? Okay. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Okay, let's go back to Matthew. Chapter 7. Verse 11. If you then, being evil, that word evil there has always bothered me. Because I don't feel evil. I don't act evil. But this is referring to me. It's referring to you. So why does it say evil? Well, let me tell you, hallelujah. <laughs> if you dig down into the Greek on this word evil, the root of it means to toil, to anguish. And the root of that word means to toil for daily substance. So it's talking about toiling for daily substance, and it's and the, the actual word used means being evil. So why does the root of this word that they that is translated in the King James Bible is it why is it translated into evil? Well, let's think back to when evil came into the earth. Think back to when evil came into the earth. I actually want you to turn there. Go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis. Oh, there we go. Genesis, very first book of the Bible. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verses 17 to 19. So, it's just been revealed that Adam and Eve have eaten of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Evil. And God is now, has just finished talking to Eve and has said that basically she's going to have pain in childbirth because of this. And then he starts talking to Adam in verse 17. And it says, unto Adam, he's, actually, you know what? I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Stand by to stand by. Genesis 3, 17. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened and given heed to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree which I, command, which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, the ground is under a curse because of you in sorrow and toil, shall you eat of the fruits of it all of the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. In sweat of your face shall you eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust shall you return. Notice that it, when he's describing how Adam's going to live the rest of his life, it talks about toiling. When we look at that word, the root of that word evil in, in um, Matthew 7 there in verse 11, the root of it is toiling. It's talking about us falling from grace, um, Adam falling from grace and basically plunging the human race into separation from God. That is what it's talking about here. So if you have a born-again spirit, 
your spirit is not evil anymore. It isn't in toil anymore. It is in unison with God. Amen? Did everybody see that? Everybody see that part there? Amen? Honk your horns if you did. Awesome. Okay, good stuff. Okay, back to Matthew. That was not Matthew. Matthew. So if you then also think about in the context that Jesus is talking here, we're in Matthew, which means we're before the cross. So the new covenant actually hasn't happened yet. So the people he's talking to here or talking about here are not born again, like we are born again. They may be following Jesus, but Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. So technically, they're still in that toil that Adam brought into the earth from, from eating of that tree. So they're still in that toil at this point. So thinking about yourself, possibly before you were born again Christian, if you were born again from a child, then you don't have any concept of that. I do, unfortunately. But anyways, when you think about yourself separated from God, this is what this is talking about. So you, being separated from God, know how to give good gifts unto your children. So you, being separated from God, when I was, when I was um, not really following the Lord, I still wanted to have good things for my children. I still wanted to see them get more in their life did, even though I wasn't following God. That's what this is talking about. When you see people in your life and you're wanting them to have better than you or just as much as you, they want you wanting them to be blessed like you're blessed in your life or something like that, even though you may not be walking from through with God, that's what this is talking about here. I want you to, I, I know I'm, 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 I'm teaching on this here, uh, but you need to get this. You need to get this because it's painting a picture of where we're going here with healing. It's just simple. Healing is simple. Amen? If you, then being separated from God, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, here we go, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Let me read that again. We're going to spend some time on this. How much more then shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things unto them that ask him? Our Father in heaven is only good. He is only good. There was a man that came up to Jesus and was asking him, um, called him good master, I think is how he phrased it. And Jesus said to him, there was no one good but one. And that's the Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven is the epitome of good. He is the epitome of righteousness. He is, the epit he is, he is all encompassing love. He is all encompassing goodness and greatness. He is there is nothing that could be more good or great or loving than our Father. Nothing. Nothing could be greater than Him. Nothing could be more loving than Him. No one could ever be more loving than Him. Why? Think about it. He sent His only Son to die in our place so that we could have a relationship with Him again. He loves us just as much as He loves His Son. Otherwise, He wouldn't have done that. If he loved his son more than he loved us, he wouldn't have sent his son. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. His goodness knows no bounds. His love knows no bounds. His righteousness knows no bounds. His healing knows no bounds. His healing 
knows no bounds. His promise of healing for our lives knows no bounds. We live better promise with, uh, sorry, better covenant with better promises. This is one of those better promises. How much more is our good Father in heaven going to give us good gifts? One of those good gifts through his, his son, Jesus, going to the cross is healing and wholeness in our life. And it's that simple. It is that simple. He is the one that brings healing and wholeness in every aspect of our lives. The Jewish people, when they greet each other, they say shalom. And that word shalom, it means, it, it's a short word, and we think it means hello. Well, no. No, it doesn't. It means so much more. It means peace. It means wholeness. It, I think it even means prosperity as well, doesn't it, Pastor Glenn? Everything. Everything that you... The goodness of God is enveloped in that word in the Hebrew language. When you say shalom to him, you're, you're saying the goodness of God come down upon you. The goodness of God come down upon you. That goodness of God wants you healed. And not just physically. He wants you healed mentally. He wants you healed spiritually. He wants you healed from head to toe. Nothing lacking in your life. So think about this. Let's go over this again. If we, in our partial understanding of God's goodness, want to be good to our families, to our friends, to our co-workers, to the people around us, to our children, if we want to see good things, Heather and I want to see Bethany and Abigail eclipse us in what they get to do in their lives, spiritually, in business, and any avenue that they go down. That is our heart for them. That, that's our heart. That's even though um, we don't have the, we don't, the word says that we have a measure of the Holy Spirit. We don't have the wholeness of the Holy Spirit yet. We have a measure of the Holy Spirit, which is very powerful still. And we want that for our children. How much more does God want that for our children? How much more does God want that for you and your family and your children? He wants wholeness. He wants healing. He, he doesn't look at you and say, well, maybe next week or maybe next month. He wants healing and wholeness for you right now. And he did it all. He did it all. Healing is simple. Because he did all the work. He sent his son and did all the work. That is his goodness. That is his greatness in our lives. He did all the work. That's what makes it so simple. He did all the work. Get this. He did all the work. He did all the work. You don't have to do any of the work. You just have to go. You have to seek. And you'll be found, and you will find. You have to knock, and he will reveal it to you. You have to ask, and he will reveal it to you, and he will do it. That's what you have to do. Ask, seek, knock, and he will do it because that is the goodness of God. That's what he did in my life. That's what he's done in many other people's lives around here. The healing testimonies in this church are amazing. Because people asked, because people believed, they chose to knock and learn and grow and believe and stand on the word of God. Stand on those promises and that better covenant. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Oh, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Let's turn to Psalm 107. 
I want to show you, God's been talking about Jesus healing, paying for our healing from a long time ago. And I want you to show, I want you to see this, that I've talked about that we live in a better covenant with better promises. Well, there's a reason for that, because God started speaking it into this world a long time ago, a long time ago in the Old Testament. So Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 20. And it says, in Psalm 107, verse 20, it says, He, and that's God, our Father in heaven, that God that is good, that has no lack of good in his life, He sent His word and healed us. Notice that it's in the past tense. It says, he sent his word and healed us. This is in Psalms. This is in the Old Testament. Jesus was still in heaven. But you know what? It says in Revelation that he was the lamb slain before the beginning of time. That's why this is in past tense. Because Jesus already knew what he was going to be doing. Jesus knew that he was going to be taking his stripes for us. Those stripes for us. He sent his word. Why is this important? Why is this a prophecy about Jesus and what he's done for us? Because it says he sent his word. God, our Father, sent his word. John 1 says that Jesus is the word. And he, the word became flesh on this earth. The, the word is Jesus. It says here, if you put it in that context, that God, our Father, sent Jesus and healed us. It didn't say... God sent, his, God sent his son Jesus and we had to work up to it so that we could get healed. We had to do the right things so we could get healed. We had to behave the right way so we could get healed. It says that he sent his word, Jesus, and healed us and delivered them from our destructions. He delivered us from our destructions. He took you out of the miry clay and set your feet upon a rock. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You are out of that miry clay and your feet is on a solid rock with the chief cornerstone being Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Word. Do you know that every time you use the word Jesus, you're, you're invoking the entire Bible. Whoops. The entire Bible. Every time you say Jesus, when you're in a situation and all you can get out of your mouth is Jesus, you've just said the entire word of God in one word. Jesus, I need your help. And the entire word of God is right there for you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. God had this plan from the beginning before time was. God was. Jesus was. The Lamb of God was. He was there ready to go from before the beginning of time. There was no, no time before God started building the earth by his words. And Jesus was there ready to go. And God started speaking him. God our Father started speaking him through the prophets of the Old Testament into this land so that he could come down and do what he was meant to do. And free us from that healing. Or sorry, free us from that, that, um, those health issues. Bring us into healing. That's better. There we go. Hallelujah. Okay, let's turn to Isaiah. It's just a bit, a few books past Psalms. Isaiah 53. And well, let's start in verse 4. It's all really good. So again, this is Isaiah prophesying about Jesus, about our Lord, about our Savior. And it says, surely he has borne our griefs. He's borne your griefs. There's a reason that it says in the New Testament 
in 1 Peter 5 that we can cast all of our cares upon him because it says right here, he's borne our, our griefs. When you're casting your cares upon him, you can put the word griefs in there. If you're grieving about something, you can cast that grieving upon him because he cares for you and he's going to take care of it in your life. If you're dealing with lack in your body and, and uh, sickness in your body, you can cast that upon him because he cares for you. Do you trust him to do that? Surely he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows. There is another word you can put, cast your cares, cast your sorrows upon him and he will care for you. He'll take care of those sorrows for you. Oh, hallelujah. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. He took our place for our transgressions so that we can have the relationship that we have for God with God right now. He did that. He took our transgressions and he went to the cross with them and he paid the full price for them so that there was nothing lacking so that we can walk into this better promises, better prom, better covenant with better promises. Oh, hallelujah. Where did I get to? But he was wounded with our, for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And here we go. And with his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. What's that talking about? Think about the process that Jesus went through between the Garden of Gethsemane and going to the, and the, the moment he ended up on the cross, he was scourged. He was whipped. He was hit in the face. They, they got a, um, thorns, like a vine of thorns, and twisted it into a crown and pushed it down on his head. By all of those stripes that he took, by all of those wounds that he took, on his journey to the cross, it says, we are healed. When he took those stripes, he was taking your sickness on him so that you could be healed, so that we could walk into the better covenant with a better promise of full healing and wholeness because healing is simple, because he did it all. When everybody say, Jesus did it all, Again, Jesus did, it all. Jesus did it all. Hallelujah. He did it all. He did it all. He didn't leave anything behind. He did it all. He's, this is in the present tense. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. You are healed. You are healed. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Mm. Praise Jesus. Okay, let's go to the very last book of the Old Testament. It's called Malachi. And we're going to look at chapter 4. So this Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament the last prophecies of the Old Testament. After this, God was silent for approximately 400 years, possibly a bit more than 400 years before he started talking to Mary and talking to her about having the Immaculate Conception inside of her. And this is one of the last things that he said here. Malachi 4, verse 2. It says, But unto you that fear my name, that fear is not like a I'm scared fear. That's reverence and awe, honor. For unto those that revere my name, that honor my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. The Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. 
our Lord will arise, has arised, did arise with healing in his wings. And you know what that means? That we can jump about like a calf that's just been released from the stall. Have you ever seen a baby calf that's just been, it's been in its stall and it's wanting to go out and play and try and butt its dad and trying to headbutt its dad and, and have some fun? The calf is in its stall and it's all kind of in its stall and it can't really move around very much. And then all of a sudden, step over to the right so I don't whack myself, all of a sudden they release the stall and the calf can get out and he gets out and he jumps around and he's jumping around all over the place because he's having a great time and he's having lots of fun and he's having lots of fun. That is us. That is us. That is us. When we revere the Lord, the son of righteousness, arise with healing in his wings. Our Jesus has arised with healing in his wings. We can jump around like a calf that's just been released from the stall. We can jump around because Jesus says we can. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Huh. Praise God. Okay, let's turn to Matthew 10. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is Jesus talking to his disciples here in Matthew 10, uh, verses 7 and 8. Matthew 8. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Healing is simple because freely we have received of God through Jesus Christ. Freely we have received his goodness. His Pastor Jason was talking about authority this morning. We have re freely received that authority that Jesus gave us through going to the cross. So we can freely give. We can freely give to the people around us. We don't have to be that person that sees the lack in somebody's life and shake their hand and wish them well. We can freely give of what God has placed on the inside of us. And part of that is healing because it is simple because Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. We can freely give because we have freely received. We did nothing to receive the healing that we have in this new covenant. We did nothing. Jesus did it all. Now this is talking about helping other people. There's often times where I'm experiencing things in my body. I lay hands on myself. And I have been freely given, and so I freely receive, and I freely give to myself. I pray for healing for myself. I lay hands on myself. Head, you come back in line with the Word of God. Knee, you come back in line with the Word of God, and you work properly. Shoulders work properly so I can do push-ups. Amen. And they did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is in you. It has been given to you so you can freely give. You can freely pray for yourself because it's been freely given to you. You can freely decree to yourself because it's been given to you. You can freely pray for others and decree over others the healing of God because it has been given to you freely. The full authority of God has been given to you to speak that. It says here that go um, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he describes the kingdom of heaven. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely give. Freely give. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Whew. 
Praise God. Praise God. Let's go over to First Peter, the first epistle of Peter. It's almost at the end of the Bible. And chapter 2. First Peter, chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 21 to 24. Ah, praise God. First Peter chapter 2, 21 to 24. For even hereunto we ye, were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who judges righteously? Our God, our Father in heaven. He is the righteous judge. Jesus committed himself to the righteous judge. The Bible says in the New Testament that he went to the cross because he knew about the joy that was before him, the joy that he was going to experience as he went through the cross and he died on the cross and was raised there. He knew about the joy. He knew that he was going to go to be with his father, the righteous judge. Mm, mm, mm. 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Doesn't that sound similar to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5? But notice it's now in the past tense. We were healed the moment that Jesus took those stripes and went to the cross. We were healed. It doesn't matter what it's looking like in your body because Jesus did it all. And healing is simple. Healing is simple. Amen. It's part of our covenant. I've said this over and over again this morning. It is part of our covenant. We live in a better covenant with better promises because Jesus went to the cross, because he paid for our healing. He paid for our sins. We can walk in wholeness because we walk in the, this new covenant of wholeness. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to Mark 11. The Lord's just reminding me of something. Jesus, before he went to the cross, Someone, uh, I can't remember the whole situation of it, but basically he was talking with someone and um, he said, and I'm paraphrasing greatly here, and this, this has nothing to do with Mark, Mark 11, but he said that him going to the cross was the same thing as Moses putting the serpent on the stick. In the Old Testament, when um, the Israelites had done some bad things, they were getting bitten by, I think they called it vipers, they're basically snakes that were basically killing people, killing the Israelites and, and making them really sick. And Moses went to God and um, I believe he repented for them and God said, okay, I want you to put the serpent on a stick and that everybody that comes and looks at the serpent on the stick shall be healed. And Jesus said to him, to the person he was talking to, that him going to the cross was the exact same thing. Him going to the cross was our healing. Him being nailed to the cross was our healing. Him going on that journey, that process to the cross is our healing. 
We have healing in that. We have the promise of healing in that. We have the promise of healing in that. It is a promise. It's not something that we have to work ourselves up to or do our best to be on our best behavior to get from God. He did it. Jesus did it all. And he made healing simple. He did it all. Oh, hallelujah. Mark 11, 22. Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answering them saith, said to them, Have faith in God. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Seek, and you shall find. Ask, and it will be given unto you. Have faith in God. Have faith that when you knock, it's going to be opened unto you. The word of God is going to be opened unto you. It's going to be revealed to you. When you seek him, he, you will find him. When you ask him, you shall receive. Have faith in God that that will happen. Because it will. You just have to trust him. Humble yourself and trust him. Oh, hallelujah. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what's the mountain in your life? Sickness, anxiety, frustration, problems with people, mental health issues. Those are mountains in your life. That's what he's talking about here. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto your mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt James, if you read James 1, it says, if you're lacking wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. But if you doubt that you've got it, you're going to be tossed to and fro by the waves. You ever been in a, a, a situation where there's big surf? You get tossed to and fro. So my, my family, one September, long weekend, a very long time ago, decided to go up to Ukulet and, and Long Beach um, on the uh, west coast of, uh, of the island and to go and do some body surfing. And, and when you fell off, your, when we're in there, you're in the open Pacific Ocean. And when, when you fell off your, your half surfboard that you're body surfing on, you got pulled under the, on the waves and you got tossed to and fro. You had to make sure you knew which way was up so you could get to the surface because you just got rolled around in those huge waves. That's what that's talking about. That's what that's talking about. And shall not doubt in your heart. Don't doubt in your heart. Trust in him. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to look at the physical things. They're temporal. Your illness in your body, the mental health issues you're having in your body, the frustration, the anxiety, the sorrow that you're having in your body, it is temporal. It is temporal. Don't look at that. Look at things that are eternal. Look at God. Look at his word. That is the truth for your life. His word is the truth for your life. His word is the truth for your life. Oh, hallelujah. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's right back to what Pastor Jason was talking about. We have authority in the name of Jesus to do these things. We can see that mountain. We can say, you know what, mountain? You're not supposed to be there. Go in the name of Jesus and be cast into the sea. Get out of my way. God has, something, has me on a path here, and I need to get going. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, I, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive, and ye shall have them. Believe. Notice the order of that. It's not, see that that's working in your life, and then you believe. That's not the order. It says, believe, and you shall receive. Believe, and you shall receive. Don't look at the temporal Look at the spiritual, and you shall receive. 
Look at the truth of God. Don't look at the facts in front of you and you shall receive. Believe on him and you shall receive. Are you hearing me? Amen. It's time to find the door. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that you are who you say you are, that you are the good Father, and that you have good gifts for us. And Father, that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, that perfect and amazing gift for our lives, that we can walk in healing and in wholeness, because you sent your word and you healed us. Oh, Father, you, you, your son took those stripes. Before the beginning of time, he knew he was going to be doing that. He took those stripes for our healing. And we can walk in that healing. We can walk in that wholeness. We can walk in your completeness in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I praise your name and I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I give you all glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.